Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Sonia Kennebec. Sonia is the director and producer of a wonderful new film that you have to see called National Bird. And the National Bird happens to be a drone. Sonia Kennebec is an independent documentary filmmaker and investigative journalist with more than 15 years of directing and producing experience. She's directed eight television documentaries and more than 50 investigative reports. She lives in New York where she She runs a production company called Ten Forward Films that makes films about international politics and human rights. Filmmaker Magazine recently selected her as one of the, quote, 25 new faces of independent film 2016. Sonia Kennebec received a master's in international affairs from American University and was born in Malacca, Malaysia. National Bird is her first feature-length documentary film, and it is a great one, and it is the best one I've seen uh, in recent years. You can find it at nationalbirdfilm.com, and it opens in New York City on what I call Armistice Day and some of you call Veterans Day, November 11th, and the next week in Los Angeles, and following that uh, around the United States. Sonia Kennebec, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you so much, David, for having me. Uh, great to have you, and it was great to see this film. I've seen so many, so many great and one lousy uh, fictional films about drone warfare, and here was a truth-telling documentary with uh, people who had participated in drone warfare and people who had been on the on the receiving end of of the missiles in Afghanistan. Um, it, one, there, there are three. Americans that you really feature who participated in the in the drone program uh, and you just use their first names in the film one is one is Heather can you tell us a little bit about her story the the film opens with this story and I thought it was very powerful yeah the first protagonist um, who I found for this film I, I started out wanting to do a film about the U.S. drone war. Um, so I, I started my research um, by really wanting to make a film about the subject matter that I think is is very very important to to be discussed publicly. And so my goal, though, was not to interview, you know, talking heads and people behind desks, um, other journalists or book authors, but I really wanted to interview the people directly impacted by the drone war. The, the people who are fighting the war, who are part of uh, the drone program in the U.S., but also, um, very, very importantly, the people in the target countries who are the victims and survivors of the drone war. So I, I really wanted to um, make a film about the human side of, of the drone war. And when I, um, when I set out um, and started doing the research, I did realize it was very complicated because the people who work in the drone program all have top-secret clearances. So they are very, very cautious to talk to the media and the public, and it, you know, it is a secret program. And, um, yeah, we just had to be very, very careful during production. And so I, I first found Heather, um, that was about a year before she published an article in, in The Guardian, an op-ed, um, and she, when I found her, she had just left the military. I saw a photograph online on 
um, it, I think it was a veterans or activist forum or so, and and I had been you know looking and reading a lot online and contacting people that I knew in the veterans and, and activist communities. I've been doing stories about um, the military and, and veterans and, and trauma for a very long time. So I. I started contacting the people that I know, and then on one of these sites, I saw a photograph of a young woman who covered up most of her face with a sheet of paper, and it said something like, um, on the sheet of paper, something like, "I not everything you hear about a drone war is true. I know what I'm talking about. And I was wondering if this, it was obviously a woman, I could see her eyes, if this young woman really knows about the drone program, or if she just held a sheet of paper up for someone else. And then I did detective work to find her um, because it was posted by someone else who said he doesn't know her. And I cross-referenced people. I, you know, I was like looking where they live in the country. And I came across, eventually I came across a, a small profile photograph on Facebook of Heather. And I recognized her eyes and I contacted her and I said, I saw this photo of a young woman who said she knows about the drone war Um holding up the sheet of paper, is that you? Do you know about the drone war? And she responded, yes, I worked in the drone program. And I asked her, do you want to meet? And she was in Pennsylvania um, at that time. She had moved in, you know, back with her family after she, she left the military. And I drove out there and, and met with her. And, and our first meeting, she actually told me that she lost three of her former colleagues, um, airmen, to suicide. And that was um, not known to me and not known publicly, really, that, you know, there was a problem with um, suicide and trauma in the drone program. Yeah, and, and Heather herself suffers from PTSD, uh, in the fi- according to the film, even according to the military. She suffers from PTSD and, and I would say, from what many people call moral injury uh, as well, which are things that people don't usually think of as veterans of, of drone piloting suffering from. They think of those things uh, as, as afflicting people who go off to, to distant wars in person. Yes, and I'm, you know, no one in this film, and, and I'm also, you know, no one is trying to compare the experiences and the trauma that um, military personnel, like combat um, veterans, suffer from um, after, you know, like being deployed in, in war zones um, to the trauma that people who work in a drone program suffer from. Um, I think, you know, there, there are a lot of differences, but there is it is real that people in the drone program can, you know, get PTSD, can get moral injury, and it might be a different type too. It, you know, I think you know it has a lot to do with guilt. It has a lot to do with um, actually not being in in danger and not being able to justify killings with um, you know self defense, um, but that they are in complete safety and. Um, fighting the war from very far away, and then also, I think the you know, from from my experiences talking to the people who've worked in the drone program, there is an issue. The human mind, you know, struggles with this schizophrenia of going into a you know like very secret environment and fighting a war and really killing people, you know, sometimes many people, and then after your shift, after your 12-hour shift, 
you go home and go to Walmart or Starbucks and then home to your families and stay with your kids. And, um, yeah, and you can't talk about your, your experiences. And you're not with people all the time who have, you know, who share these same experiences like, um, you know, combat troops who are deployed in, in war zones. So I think there are very different um, challenges and it's a very, it's a different type um, of trauma. And it's very important, I think, for the military to be aware of that, to do research, to discuss it and to provide help to the, help to the veterans. Or, or stop murdering people all over the world. That would work, too. Um, uh, the, the, the thing about the top-secret clearance that comes up in the film is that uh, Heather, for example, is not even allowed to talk to therapists unless they have top-secret clearance or to talk with, with loved ones about what she's going through. Uh, it, it seems like this makes it uh, infinitely harder on these people, doesn't it? I I think it makes it you know very difficult to um, you know to heal from trauma if you can't talk to anyone about it and you can't get get help and you you know you struggle with you know all of these experiences yourself and um, as Heather's you know, grandfather and also her mother say in the film um, they you know the grandfather says that I think it's you know our responsibility. Um, as a country, if we send these young people into war to also take care of them when they return home, and in in the case of Heather, that you know definitely did not happen, and that's the reason she you know she she decided to take the risk of you know speaking out publicly. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to become a whistleblower and you know, be, you know, especially with this type of trauma and to, you know, expose yourself in, in this way. And, um, but all of them are doing it and taking the risks, which, you know, are not small risks to, um, to, to provide information to the public to, um, you know, they, they are patriots, I think, doing that to, you know, really raise awareness for these issues. And, and, you know, also very, very importantly to raise awareness for the people in the target countries who are, you know, the civilians who are being killed and, and maimed by drone warfare. And yes, you know, I think in what you were saying, you know, earlier, um, you know, there, there's also another solution. You know, my protagonist, Lisa, says, in, um, you know, her goal is it to take um, the bombs of, of the drones. And it's, it is a new type of warfare that this, this where it's one of these times where technology has outpaced, I think, our rules and laws and regulations and even our, you know, sort of moral framework. And that's why I made this film, because it's important, I think, to discuss this this type of warfare, the way we wage war. And I'm not telling people what to think. I think, you know, this is, this is very multi-layered. It's, 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 it's always gray. Um, but I, I am providing transparency and information for all of us, for the public, to talk about this and discuss if this is the type of warfare that we want. Yeah, I actually don't want any types of warfare. Uh, the the uh, film is a wonderful film. It's at nationalbirdfilm.com. You can find out where and when it's playing. We're speaking with the director, Sonia Kennebec. Uh, one of your protagonists, you mentioned Lisa, also goes to Afghanistan and meets with uh, family members of victims of 
drone strikes that uh, on February 21st, 2010, killed 23 innocent men, women, and children. Uh, and you actually managed to get a hold of a of a transcript of how the participants in the drone program were talking to each other uh, in making the decision uh, about whether to launch these strikes and kill these people and and who was being cautious and who was gung-ho and, and seemingly thirsty for blood. And uh, I mean, it strikes me as, as even more powerful a, a video than than the collateral damage video uh, that's been so widely seen. Uh, although you just had the transcript and you recreated uh, the video footage, if I if I understand that right, is mm -hmm. that is that what you did in the film? Yes, I um, I had the the transcript, um, which to my knowledge is the only um, transcript of um, the radio traffic of a drone crew that has been released to the public. It it was part of or is part of a 2000 page investigation file into um, this um, attack on the, the civilian families that killed so many people and this investigation file was was classified but the ACLU managed to get it released to the public through a freedom of information act request and I specifically chose to cover this strike and speak to the families affected by you know this specific attack because it is so well documented i really wanted to you know have you know have a case that is you know beyond doubt because you know, there are many people who are out there and who might you know doubt um, the witness state statements of you know the victims and and survivors and in this specific case i have not only the um, the video this 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 transcript of the drone crew, you know, you know that is just trigger happy, you know, throughout these you know hours of um, surveillance and, and watching these families, but also um, the the investigation file includes interviews with you know almost everyone involved and the military personnel, but also the, the victims and survivors, and even their medical records. Um, I have the medical records of all of the people. Um, whom I interviewed in, in Afghanistan. So I think this, you know, makes a very, very strong case and in showing we can cover from all sides what has happened. And so the reenactment is a, the reenactment of the voices, but it, the transcript is read verbatim. And it's the, the parts that I chose are completely representative. They are very, very trigger happy in, in the transcript. And, um, and throughout 80 pages, it was hard for me to even select parts because there are so many instances where um, the, the crew is, is trigger happy. And then um, I based the video reenactment on information from the file that included screenshots, included maps, included you know, screenshots of the drone video, even photographs of the aftermath of the burned out cars that were the cars and then the bodies, the people who were bombed, and um, we recre recreated it to a lot, you know, very, a lot of detail. We even used almost the same cars that um, 
happen this like it's it's very very powerful i assume the us military has in its possession transcripts and videos uh from every drone strike it's engaged in and yet uh if i understand correctly we don't have any of those videos and we only have this one transcript is that right to my knowledge that is right and I I, wo I actually tried through uh, my own Freedom of Information Act request to get the video or the voice recording, and I got some you know interesting answers. First, they said you know it's classified, and I said, well, the transcript has been released, so why can't you re at least release you know, the voice recording? You know what different you know that cannot be classified anymore, and then they couldn't find. Um, the files that I was looking for and I was asking for. So, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of secrecy surrounding the drone program. And I, I don't think it's right. You know, I, I understand that with certain national security matters, we have to protect technology. You know, you have to protect the troop movements and, and all that. that. You know, that you need secrecy. But you're also in a democracy for things that are important for the public to know and to decide, um, you know, to, to, to make decisions and you know, voting um, and and getting politically involved and even for the politicians themselves to get that information. You know, transparency is important. Accountability is, is very important. And I think we have to know, you know, how effective the drone war really is. Um, you know, how many civilians are being killed, how many people are being killed overall, and what countries. That is all information that I think the public has to know. I couldn't agree more. In the movie, you show the transcript to Heather, the young woman we were talking about earlier, who I, I guess was not in on this operation. But uh, during the transcript, you, you have these operators, these pilots at Creech Air Force Base in uh, Nevada talking about the, the need to hurry up and kill people. Uh, and people in another office, which was where Heather had also worked, uh, indicating that they thought there were children uh, and uh, they needed to... Uh, to be more cautious and uh, and Heather says that she was on that side of the conversation numerous times uh, and that the pilots she was dealing with at Creech always wanted the go-ahead uh, to kill uh, whereas it was her job to say those are children those are civilians etc um, that uh, I mean that suggests that this was not a, a unique incident that this was something that the people in your film had lived through repeatedly Yes, um, I would say so as well, and that's the reason, you know, you really see Heather get so emotional um, when she is reading the transcript. And she, she says on the film, you know, she, um, you know, to, you know, from, from what she, she saw in the transcript, um, she wasn't involved in, um, in, in, in any of that. Um, but she, you know, being very good in her job and having, you know, all this, Training, she, you know, based on that transcript, she can really analyze a lot of things that went wrong. And I think, um, even you know, for 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 us, as um, you know, as people watching this and you know, reading and getting all this information, and you can even see that a lot of the mistakes that happen come through the distance. That you know, people are. 
sitting in, in the U.S. and safety and fighting a war halfway across the world. They don't know the cultural context um, that is important to know to, you know, to make a correct analysis. And they have this two-dimensional video, as Danny McChrystal, you know, points it out, that, you know, we always have to understand. You think you know what's going on when you see a video, but it's only a two-dimensional, you know, depiction of something. And um, in, in another place in the film, Heather actually says, says um, and same as Lisa, um, you know, they're, they're talking about bombs being dropped on houses, buildings, or as the military says, compounds. Do you really know who is inside that building? Do you know who you are killing? And in many of these countries that are, especially in these very rural, religious, um, Muslim areas, women don't leave the houses um, all the time. So even if you watch a, a house for you know a couple of hours or so and see people you know entering and leaving, do you really know with a hundred percent certainty who is inside? So there, I think there are many, many issues that, um, you know, are very, very important to to be discussed. And one thing that is also just important to, to me to mention, because when you, when you said, you know, you talked about Lisa earlier, so there's this protagonist, Lisa, in, in my film, who actually goes and, and travels, goes on a trip and travels to Afghanistan to find out what happened on the ground, to really get... The full story, and um, and I think this is, you know, I, I really respect her decision because it is, she's good, you know, she's flying into a war zone, she is, you know, she she's taking on a, a large risk, but what she is doing is she's trying to bridge that gap that technology has created, and um, and 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 really, you know, brings humanity back in, into this this whole picture, and it it was very important. For me, from the beginning, to show that side, to show um, and tell the stories of the victims and the survivors um, in a very respectful way, and they were so open to share their stories with us, and actually happy to tell the world community, um, you know, what has happened to them. Yeah, I, I think it's an incredible service that you've done helping them tell people. Uh, I hope it helps them, and I hope it helps uh, Heather and the other veterans uh, to know that people are seeing this film. But uh, I, I, I also think the contrast between this reality uh, of what people actually see on a screen in little green blobs and uh, and how decisions are actually made with the fantasy that's given to us by fictional films like uh, a film called Eye in the Sky uh, is very valuable because in that film you actually do have a little camera inside a house. You actually do know who is in the house. You can see them in high-definition 3D video. You you know their biographies and their stories and that they actually are an imminent threat to someone. You know, not not an imminent threat to the United States of America, of course, but as uh, is, is Barack Obama's, you know, criteria require, but but they actually are an imminent threat, and they actually can't be arrested, and so forth. Uh, whereas in reality, none of these criteria seem to have ever been met uh, by an actual non-fictional uh, drone kill operation. How, how did you see Eye in the Sky, and and did you like it any better than I did? <laughs> I I saw Eye in the Sky um, I, when when you were just describing these. Um, you know these depictions. I also have to think about 
the um, Air Force commercials. Um, I'm showing two of them in, in the film as well. And those commercials are also very highly produced. They look like you know, a Hollywood trailer or a trailer for a video game. And it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond any doubt, you know, drones are killing terrorists and there are, you know, there's, um, you know, they're protecting American troops and lives. And, um, and it, it does, you know, I mean, drones are being used as well to do overwatch for troops. And, um, and, and, you know, that, that application exists. And actually drones, and, you know, some of my protagonists say that in the film, they, they can be used for something really good, like search and rescue operations after natural disasters. But um, in war, it's definitely not as clean and clear-cut as these Hollywood films portray. And, um, but in, in, in my mind, and I've talked to, you know, many of the, the protagonists in my film and other drone whistleblowers whom I know is it's it's not just about the technology and, you know, the clarity of the images and, you know, what's what's possible um, you know, through through technology because technology will and is evolving very, very quickly and we will I'm I'm very certain, you know, we will have um all of these, you know, technologies that the, the, these, these weapons and surveillance devices that are being shown in films like Eye in the Sky. And they might even exist um, already, um, and uh, there are probably you know, a number of reasons why um, you know, some of them are not, not used yet. You know, there is HD video, but it, you know, it, it, um, the, the quality of the video currently is limited by bandwidth, um, especially if you want to have more drones in the sky. Um, you know, you have to reduce the quality of the video. But all of these are problems that will be solved. I think the, the thing that still needs to be discussed is, um, you know, and how far do, um, you know, it, it, you know, like we have all these boundaries that are being crossed now with the drone war. Um, I, I've, I've, I went to an event in, in Washington, D.C. during my research, and, um, and an Air Force officer was saying, well, you know, with drones, it's a very new and exciting weapon, and, you know, it's nation lines don't exist for us anymore. And that's, like, that's a really far-reaching comment, comment because it, 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 you know, it questions our whole political system, the way our world is organized. And, you know, where, where is that going to lead? You know, when all of these weapons proliferate and drones are already proliferating almost close to 90 countries have armed and unarmed drones currently already and armed drones are proliferating very very um, strongly and so you know that is that is one of the issues you know what do borders mean for us you know they it, you know drones um are already used for surveillance um and and you know other things in in, in the u.s um, as well, um, there have been some reports about about that already in, in the papers, and and then you know the dimension of the lack of cultural context, the you know the, the war application that it's very very easy to use them. I think, um, you know, General Hayden said that um, you're not losing political capital, and um, and Daniel says in my film it's it's so easy, and drones make it so easy to to wage wars. So these are all things that are um, that don't have to do with the technology and the advancement of technology.
and uh, the hope that I have for a film like this, which I've been hoping for for a long time, and I'm very glad to see it, is that it will make it more difficult, that it will cost them political capital to engage in the sort of crimes and abuses that we know and that we can see in a film like this uh, are part of the drone wars. We've been speaking with Sonia Kennebec. The film is National Bird. The website is nationalbirdfilm.com. Opens in New York City on Armistice Day in Los Angeles the next week uh, and elsewhere. Go find out more, get involved. Uh, Sonia Kennebec, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you. Thank you for it. It's a great discussion. I really appreciate it. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.